welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller, a journalist, podcaster, author. Yes, The Gender Agenda is now out, available in all good bookshops from Amazon, jkp.com, and all that sort of stuff. Please go and buy it. Um, this is the first of my summer special Politics in the Pub podcasts. Some people don't like the background noise, some people do just get used to it for the next few weeks really. Um, this week we are in the uh, refined surroundings of the South Bank Centre on London's glittering South Bank and with me is of course uh, John Walker. Oh no he's not because he's cried off ill. Uh, hopefully John Walker will be back in his uh, correct position at my right hand side next week. In the meantime I am joined by uh, Rachel Cunliffe, uh, comment and features editor at City AM. Hello. Hi. And by David McKenzie, fan of the podcast and self-confessed Ivanka Trump of Scottish politics. Hello. Uh, that's, um, that's quite an entry. You've got a lot to live up to there. Um, yes. <laughs> there was no podcast last week because I was in Crete in lovely Greece. Uh, bad luck, everyone. It was really good. But uh, because I've been off the scene for 10 days, basically, let's start with... Uh, basically you guys informing me of what I've missed, really doing my job for me. Uh, what is the important stuff I've missed in the last 10 days? Rachel? We are all going to be forced to eat chlorinated chicken because of Brexit, but we're going to enjoy it. Right. Um, this, I've heard of this chlorinated chicken stuff before, but I don't really understand. This is American chicken. This is American chicken and they... It's got chlorine in it, like in a swimming pool. Uh, yeah, but it's good for you. No, they uh, wash their chicken carcasses with chlorine to get rid of uh, things that you don't want in your chicken. Uh, and we don't do that here. And the EU bans us from doing it. Uh, so if we leave the EU and sign a free trade agreement with the US, it is highly likely that food standard issues like chlorinated chicken will come up. And uh, everyone, including uh, Daniel Hannan, has assured us that this is very, very safe. And that everyone, including Dan Hannan. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's, like the, the, that's the final word in chlorinated chicken. Dan he has been very vocal about it. Um, He's vocal about he lots of things. He pointed out that uh, if you've ever eaten chicken in America, then you don't have a right to complain. And Ooh, fair point. I've, uh, I've eaten a lot of dodgy things in a lot of parts of the world. I think uh, American chicken is probably... The, the least of those but nonetheless um, people have got quite upset at the idea that now you know be quiet and eat your chlorinated chicken um, I've eaten chicken in America uh, did it taste of chlorine? well I was sick later that night but that might be because maybe the like portion was so massive something called chicken fried chicken, chicken <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really know what it was but it was like in batter and then they fry it in chicken fat or something and it's a bit of chicken there you go correlation equals causation yeah I mean, actually it's the most American food I think anybody's ever nothing to do with the booze or yes. anything like that or the mountain of food uh, this is Liam Fox right? yes Fox among the chickens yes you see even in Crete yeah. Liam Fox came across my radar in some way. I knew he was up to something, but I didn't not, know what. He's not the most high profile of, of Britain's politicians that get mentioned in in the foreign press. I don't know how he came into my radar. I just was aware somehow of Liam Fox and the ether. I think it must have been confusing for a lot of people as well when they read the headline, Fox says, don't worry about the chickens. You know, <laughs> people generally considered that that was something totally different from British politics. Is this something to do with the fact that everyone's gone on holiday and Liam Fox is left in charge? Because Liam Fox has been quite quiet let's face it and now he seems to have suddenly popped up in the summer I can't help thinking there might be a correlation they a week don't they when the PM's away doesn't it all the senior cabinet 
cabinet members get a week of being in charge. I just remember that last week or possibly before Boris Johnson was in charge. Was not really in charge. Cool. Blimey. I'm glad I left the country for that week. Yeah. Um, I like Liam Fox. I'm going to put this on record. Really? There's something strange about Liam. <laughs> There's a lot of strange things about Liam. But he's... I mean, he's, on one side, he seems to be completely insane, like, detached from reality. But he's also very charming, and there is, I can't put my finger on it, but he's quite nice. Have you met him? I don't know. I no, I've never met him. No, he's I can't all, say I have. He's all right. He just seems really awkward to me when I see clips of him. Well, then, but then you meet he, I mean, I've had a beer with him at a Tory no, conference, exactly, and that's, I wouldn't expect to, because I sort of, I kind of know him to sort of nod to sort of thing. And then I met him, and he's like, oh, come and have a beer, and he's all really friendly. It's just like... I don't know, maybe that's why I like him, basically. He talks to me and he bought me a beer once. So, you know, that's, so, uh, that's, that's basically that's makes you all right in my book. Yeah. <laughs> talking and editing, talking and editing. David, what have I missed? Uh, so the, the new betting odds put Jacob Rees-Mogg at number two to succeed Theresa May as, uh, as Prime Minister of the, of the country. A very scary thought. I'm tempted to just leave the country again after, after all this. <laughs> Doesn't that coincide with him naming his sixth Sixtus. child? Sixtus. 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 He, he's, yeah. he's an, you know, it's the, the worrying thing is he's sort of seen as a sort of comedy character. That's uh, so. Actually, earlier on this year during the general election, I ended up in North East Somerset. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously his constituency. Uh, I was visiting friends in Bristol and we wanted to go to some cider festival. And we eventually. Well, you were campaigning there. I don't know if I'd be wasting my time, yeah. Um, no, uh, we went into this, uh, to this cider festival that was literally in a field. And we'd apparently had just missed Jacob Rees Mogg. Oh. Um, and when I got there, I mean, you know. <laughs> To give you an idea, it was very much sort of Morris dancing and Jodhpurs and Wellingtons and uh, uh, Burberry jackets sort of things. And um, it just struck me very much as being the kind of place Jacob Rees-Mogg would hang out. And so Jeremy Corbyn does Glastonbury and Jacob Rees-Mogg does... Somerset Cider Festival. Somerset Cider Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing. Right. First of all, I, I just on Jacob Rees-Mogg, uh, I don't like him. I don't like him. I've never met him, but he said, I've got six children, but I've never changed a nappy. No, as a man who's got a book out called The Gender Agenda, you can see that that doesn't doesn't but, work but well right, with me. Got to remember that he lives in he lives in an era where that gender agenda it's was well, not what it is now. I, I was going to say that uh, if you read the rest of that quote, it sounds like his wife has never changed a nappy. Oh either. well, that might be true. Be so nanny. Know, you know, his nanny, won't it? Because nanny lives with him. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, you know he stood in Central Fife in 1997, and he brought his nanny up to campaign with him, and his Bentley. Well, this is the thing. He always says, no, that story's not true. It was a Mercedes. Yeah, it wasn't the Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Mercedes. You're like, oh, my God. Um, he's, he's, um, but just, I'll just pick you up there on your Morris dancing. You're a little aside there as if Morris... Ah, let's be snidey about Morris dancing. Because, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I've been on holiday. And uh, I was in Crete, where they've got minotaurs, right? Now, I'm willing to bet money that there was not actually ever a minotaur, right? But... I found out quite a good explanation as to what the Minotaur might have been. I was quite impressed by that. Um, but um, they've made like a whole industry out of these made-up stories, right? They are just made-up stories. There wasn't a Cyclops, right? Sorry, kids. Anybody who's listening. There was no Cyclops. There was no flying people. Um, why don't we do that? Why what don't, is that? We've got like Stonehenge. <laughs> why don't we make up a story about it? Yeah, the Greeks have the old dancing, you know, the arms around the absorber, the Greek dancing. All you're giving me, we've got Morris dancing right now, is uh, from Spinal Tap. 
Well, the, <laughs> all right, even we could work the with druids that. dancing around like, Stonehenge. We've got King Arthur and King George and the Dragon. Or oh, we should be flamming it up saying King Arthur lived at Stonehenge. <laughs> Just make it up. It's like, You're out by a couple of thousand years. No, we, I mean, I mean in, in, in fairness, it's not real at all, come on. In Neither fairness, I mean, there is, there's like Nessie. Well, that is true, but we don't really seem to cash in on Nessie that much, do you? Know do we? Really? Well, you know, I mean, have you ever been to Loch Ness? I mean, it's all no, they I've talk never about. been to Loch Ness. It's, it's all they talk about. Well, all right, but is there loads and loads of people there? Yes. Just looking for Nessie. Uh, it's surprisingly Seriously? a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of Japanese tourists that come to Loch Ness. All right. Um, and, uh, and that's not like me just assuming they were Japanese. It's because they said Konnichiwa, so, you know, uh, and they, uh, yeah, they love it. And they code for the whiskey. Yeah. Um, as well. So, well, all right. I, Thank corrected. Scotland's doing a good job on this front, but the English need to do better, frankly. We need to do better at well, selling yeah. our myth the broad. Uh, I mean, what, what kind of myth does England have to... King Arthur's pretty good. I mean, I haven't seen the film. I'm not talking about the film. The Guy Ritchie film. I'm guessing that is not pretty good. Terrible in that. But, um, it has incest in it. What does King Arthur? The King Arthur myth. Does it? I think so. Does it? Well, I mean, oh, come on. The good gods are all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's it's got it's got all the ingredients yeah. of the of the Greek myths. It's quite awkward when you've got small children and they start going into the Greek myths about this white, hokeless, oh, enchanted, a white bull for the wife to hide inside, yeah. so she could make out with an actual bull. Try taking the kids to, to Pompeii, where they draw it on the walls. Yes, I went to Pompeii. That's brilliant. Yeah. My parents took me to Pompeii when I was nine. That was interesting. Talking and editing. Talking and editing. One th- one story that did cross my radar, which is sort of. Uh, relative or apposite here is um, MPs not allowed to employ their family members yep. we're sitting here with the son of Ian McKenzie ex-MP I mean fair play to Ian McKenzie he was defeated by the uh, titan of politics that is Ronnie Cowan Ronnie and Cowan. I mean nobody nobody stood a chance against Ronnie Cowan Ronnie, Ronnie Cowan is so good he can't uh, even get a, a job now in the front bench of the SNP despite they've been uh, struck to bear there's some very interesting poli- internal SNP politics around Ronnie Cowan he's yeah, anyway. Oh, do, um, do tell. Well, maybe when we're off here. Um, although he did get back in again in uh, 2017. So very, did, very reduced. Very good. He did get back in. Uh, so I'm very um, friendly with Martin McCluskey, who took him to within 400 votes. Yes, indeed. So, and uh, as I wrote in the New Statesman, I think if the election had come maybe four days later, then uh, Martin probably would have got back. I suspect we could sort of count how long the election needed to be a bit later for how, which MPs would fall. Yeah. Although SNP MPs, many of them disagree with me on my. Uh, analysis there and probably um, many other things as well yes well they do well yeah there's different SNP MPs let's put it that way a lot of them harangued me for that piece at a recent event and then a couple of them came up to me and said I thought it was fine anybody who doesn't like it shouldn't be in politics so thanks um, yes you, you worked for your dad well never gainfully employed no um, I, I merely worked in a voluntary capacity and, and not regularly it was you know I was still doing my normal day job while I was Randomly, because I'm a bit of an anorak, contributing to. But you were his election agent. Yeah, but I wasn't. What is that's that? a voluntary position? I don't even know what it is. You always hear about election agents. Yeah, because all the bits of paper you get through the door always say distributed by so and so on yeah. behalf of the yeah, MP. Yeah, yeah. What's that all about? So basically, the election agent um, is is <laughs> some stupid volunteer that allows themselves to be accosted for the entire uh, long and short campaign uh, to be the main campaign hub for the either the, the sitting MP or whoever is going for the seat. So um, I'm responsible for all the literature. I'm yeah. responsible for making sure that all the, well, not anymore, but I'm, I was responsible for making sure that we had all our uh, costings. Um, and then I had to report them back to the electoral uh, okay. commission. 
Um, and if any of those costings were not accurate, then I could go to jail. So, oh, okay. And um, this is basically so the MP can get on the campaigning sort of thing? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I would deal with all the back office stuff, um, including media, uh, okay. you know, setting up events, um, dealing with literature, making sure it was correct, there was no spelling mistakes, all these kind of things. So, okay. um, And also doing stuff like taking polling numbers, reporting them back to party HQ. <laughs> all these that must have been fun in 2015. Uh, <laughs> it's quite a serious job. To not get paid for? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, the only reason I really did it is because it was my dad. I mean, I've, I've subsequently been asked to do it for other elections and I've said no. Um, but you would have to say that you're going to lose. <laughs> you're going to lose well, big. Well, do you know what? See, on, in 100%, I mean, if you if you ask at Scottish Labour HQ, on the day, yeah, Inverclyde was expected to be one that we retained. Yeah. And we were getting good results on the doors. It just so happens that those people lied to us. <laughs> so, um, which unfortunately I couldn't, uh, I couldn't say, are you telling me the truth? Yeah, um, Will you be voting for us? But uh, no, it was, it was a very interesting time. Um, it's, uh, obviously it was so terrible and dreadful for me that I've now moved south of the border. <laughs> Chased out of the country. Um, I thought it seems a bit harsh. Not letting MPs employ their family members because it is a weird job, and well, I think the way they get round it is just to have other MPs employ their family members and they well, employ others. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Corbyn's son is the chief of staff for uh, John, John McDonnell, yep. and I feel like yeah. John McDonnell's son also does something. Yeah, he's involved somewhere. Isn't he's he? John McDonnell's son uh, is is an advisor to somebody as well. Yeah. I believe. So you just, that, you just move them but around. But it's only the new MPs that applies to, because they're the ones who got elected. Well, if you remember, month, there, was the, there, was the, there was the whole issue with Nigel Farage employed his, his German wife to yeah. be his uh, his his um, yes. back office support. And when asked, I thought very you know, candidly by Nick Robinson, you constantly talk about British jobs for British workers, yeah. and then you're employing a German woman. And, uh, and he said, what, you're asking me to employ someone to be my wife? <laughs> um, which I don't think was the question he was posing. Nigel Farage. Anybody met, have you met Nigel Farage? I saw him in a coffee shop once in Westminster. Okay. It's uh, as close as I've got to him. I've met him, but I don't want to get sued, so I won't say any more of what I think of him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, we're terribly personal this podcast this week. I don't know why. It's because you've been on holiday. Basically, yeah, I have been on holiday. Strange you should bring up holidays. Have you been on holiday yet, either of you? Uh, earlier this year. Oh, okay. Where have you been? Thailand. Oh, fancy. <laughs> have you been on holiday? I'm going on Wednesday. Where you Three weeks to Vancouver and to Santa Barbara in California. All right, you win, you two, video. <laughs> Young, you know, single they have, lives. They have, they have rainforests in Vancouver. Why are rainforests so wet? Because it rains a lot. Why does it rain so much in rainforests? Uh, cloud patterns. Yes, that's why I said my son asked me this on the tra- on the plane back the other day. I was like, uh, something to do with clouds. Uh, we'll look up when we get I back. I love it when kids ask questions. It's a good question. Let's make it up. Yeah, well, I do like clouds, <laughs> rain. We'll look it up. Um, but that means that I am going. I'm crossing the Canada-US border. I hopefully will not get stopped when they see my Twitter feed, which Ooh. they've started doing now. Ooh. But um, I'm white and British, so probably. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, um, sure you'll be fine. Yeah. They're not. You're not the joy they're looking for. <laughs> yes. But I still find the fact that they're taking people's phones and looking through their social media history a little bit dodgy. Uh, can they stop you on the basis of you? Yeah, they can, they can turn you away. What, on what basis? What, on the basis of you saying, they can turn ah, ha, ha, I'm going to 
plant a bomb or something, but surely they no, can't no, turn no, you no, in. Like if you say Donald, Donald Trump's a bad person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unpatriotic, yeah. obviously not patriotic, I'm not American, thank goodness. Um, I can't erase though, so you know, she'll be alright. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they, they can turn you away for any reason, they don't need a reason. Like being let through if you're not an American citizen is a privilege, not a right. And they can just say, no, you've got a dodgy Twitter feed. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, delete your account, as they say. <laughs> I'll be inclined to if that was the case. Um, I did wonder if you'd be, because your partner's also a big football fan, right? Yeah. I didn't know if you'd be going to, to Holland when you said you were going in uh, a couple of days. We were to, big but it's actually really expensive and it's really good that it's expensive. Well, you know why it's expensive? Because we're flipping Brexiteers. I've been on holiday, I don't know if you and know. Also, and it was really expensive because of the also flipping. <laughs> because some of the glamour and glory from the World Cup two years ago seems to still be around and people actually wanted to go support our England ladies who are doing, at the moment of recording, really, really well. Talking and editing, talking and editing. Uh, well, I don't know how well they're going to do because they're playing the home team, but I do know that their goalkeeper has broken her leg and played with a broken leg for 10 minutes before being substituted in the last is, game. That is probably amazing. There was, a, there was a goalkeeper once back in history who played with a broken neck. There was a guy wow. who played in a cup final. Oh, I'm going back 1950 something or other, played with a broken neck. But um, all the best sports people play with injuries like Tiger Woods won the US Open with a broken leg that was pretty amazing yeah. Serena Williams winning whilst pregnant I mean I know that's not an injury but uh, <laughs> the medical a condition better one than that 1996 Olympic gold medalist in wrestling Kurt Angle did it with a broken neck shut up yeah I don't even want to know how you know that sports, well sports people are all a little bit mad aren't they well, I hope the England women do really well, partly because, you know, they'll just inspire a new generation of women. I like Lucy Bronze. Lucy she's Bronze great. is amazing. Jodie Taylor, though, has scored five goals. Yes, and she's going to be the golden boot, come what may be, yeah. unless somebody scores a barrel load. But I don't, she's the one who's left out and has sort of come back. Is that right? Yeah, for, for, for ages, there was just the squad that the manager at the time liked and nobody else got a look in. And yeah. then Mark Sampson took on the team and all these new players who had been kind of cast out came into the team and they started winning things well that's true they did alright at the Hope Power that's a bit harsh on Hope Power okay, they're doing they? much much better now they are that is true um, and I like the little um, Everton forward called Fran Fran Kirby yes yeah. she, she's just the proper Royal Mini Rovers Messi. yeah well I don't know if she's that good <laughs> what I've seen of her she seems she makes up she's very enthusiastic Perhaps. She, she well, does no, a good job. No, no, very enthusiastic is what you say like to kids. Like you tried really hard. Yeah, I'm not sure she's got the skills. She scored. Yeah, I, I like her because she's again she's enthusiastic. She gives her all and she does well. But sometimes she just need players that put a shift in. Exactly. Yeah. I like she's and every you know, team she's, has that player. You get feeling she's you know played with a can on the streets and all the rest of it. She's got that yeah. look about her. She's from the streets of Liverpool. Oh, I know what you're, she's thinking. Just, you're thinking. Grit. Yeah, she yeah. just looks like that. I've been on holiday. Um, other people have been on holiday. Theresa May's been on holiday. I saw a picture of her in a dress. From next. I don't really know what this is all about. Where's she next gone? On I didn't see the picture. Was oh, it? it cost £29. Yeah, she's gone walking somewhere. This she's in the Alps. In the Alps. But oh, okay. she's going from, is it Italy to Switzerland to Austria? It's three weeks. Yeah. So it's a, it's a Possibly walking. in that order. She's walking okay. over the Alps. Yeah. Um, 
But Angela Merkel's also walking in the Alps, isn't she? She's walking somewhere. They'll bump into each other. Yeah, and discuss Brexit. This is interesting. I'm really nervous because the last time Theresa May went walking into the Alps in the Alps, we had an election. Yes, this is true. I did wonder about the whole walking thing. Did you, does Theresa May go on walking holidays? Exactly. Is it a thing that you know I'll try and look like Angela Merkel and go walking? Or do leaders go on walking holidays because well, well, there's something about leaders and walking you can go and think and all that sort of stuff? Look, well, she's she's gone walking holidays several times before. She she goes yeah she always goes away walking. Um, you see pictures of her with her hiking sticks etc. It kind of shades in comparison to like you know from from my memory David Cameron going to Ibiza yes uh, or. Tony Blair going to party with Silvio Berlusconi in Italy. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point. I think that the mood has shifted on leaders, and we don't want to see. Hmm. You know, while the, while the country is facing all kinds of issues, we won't go into what they are now. But lots and lots of issues. We don't want to see Theresa May kind of partying and getting drunk. I mean, we probably don't want to see that anyway. No. Um, but we want to think of our leaders as being thoughtful and hmm. responsible. Do, do you think that's why Donald Trump goes to Mar-a-Lago like every week? <laughs> He's just constantly on holiday, isn't he? He spent 22% of his presidency on the golf course. You know, wow. for a man who constantly berated Barack Obama, Obama for yeah. being the golf course president. Um, and, and his trips have already cost more in the last six months than Obama's did in two terms. Almost like Trump is a far worse president than Obama, isn't it? I mean, who, who saw that coming? Have you, have you been to any... Because like, I've been to Turnberry since he took that over. Right, you, you, you know, you're, you're forcing me to go there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, I went on holiday and I was in Crete. And strangely, the place I was staying was uh, endorsed by the American Institute of Hospitality Sciences. Okay. Now, they're not even trying with their made up title there, are they? That's just really cobblers. But the, what was he called? The ambassador at large was one Donald J. Trump, and his signature is on the bottom of the plaque. Uh, oh, he's ambassador extraordinaire. That's and, what he and was. it's not covered in graffiti and vandalism. Well, it is. Now. It was behind a window and sort of hidden away. It was outside the toilet. So it was, <laughs> and it is like eight, nine years old or something. This plaque, but uh, you're like, oh god, so, he's speaking. everywhere. Talking and editing. Talking and editing. Um, okay, listen. Let's finish up. Um, I don't usually do. I love your questions during the summer holidays, but last week or two weeks ago, Martin Whitfield MP set a question for the next MP guest who will be in September but we'll have a little rollover and let everybody that comes on over the summer have a guess at his question and at the end of the summer I'll give a prize to whoever gets it right I don't know what the prize will be I love your questions I love your questions I love your questions his question was um, how many times does Shakespeare use the word birthday in all his works I would say none. None, okay. David, you got a guess? Once. Once. Tune in on uh, September the, whatever it'll be, September the, first week in September, first week the MPs are back in September when Alison Thulis will attempt to answer that question and we'll find out who was right. I'll make a note of everybody's guess and we'll have some sort of prize at the end. Okay, listen, we'll finish up here because uh, whatever show is on at the Surfback Centre is about to finish or have an interval or something and we're going to get thrown out apparently. Uh, and I will say thank you to Rachel and thank you to David for joining me this week. Um, feel free to come on again over the summer if you're kicking around. You've got nothing better to do. Uh, next week, I don't know where we'll be. Um, if you've got a pub in South East London and you want me to come on and publicise it and give us free beer, then please get in touch. Uh, if you are from the Greek Tourist Board or the Creek Tourist Board and you want to pay me money to say nice things about your country please get in touch 
I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Uh, my website is james-miller.com and my book is The Gender Agenda. Uh, tune in next week for another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcast, Pub- Politics in the Pub Summer Specials. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>